yourself to planeswalk into the realm of Commander. Counterspell Trost and Soul Ring. Hey everybody, Jeff here. Um, so this week Trevor had a last minute conflict and we were unable to record a regular episode. Uh, but since it's around Halloween, I thought that this would be a perfect opportunity to test out an idea I've been kicking around for a while. Um, I don't know if any of you out there have ever listened to the podcast, The Old Gods of Appalachia. But it is a fantastic Lovecraft-inspired horror podcast that's set in an alternate version of Appalachia. Um, so, as many of you know, probably, uh, Magic the Gathering also has its old gods, the Eldrazi. Um, and I thought it would be kind of neat to tell a story in the style of and as somewhat of a love letter to old gods of Appalachia. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back again in, next week with a regular episode where we'll be finishing up part two of Kill Your Heroes. Um, so uh, make sure to tune into that. Um, remember, you can find us on Twitter at AheadMana. And uh, this week we actually started an Instagram account, which uh, is actually really fun. Um, we've been posting a lot of cool stuff on there, cards, uh, you know, mail day kind of stuff, secret layer that came in the mail. Um so uh as opposed to you know our twitter where we don't really post that much so um look us up and find us on instagram at uh ahead of the mana curve all one word so um now without any further ado please sit back and enjoy the old gods of the multiverse hello fellow planeswalkers I hope this message finds you well, or that it finds you at all. Normally I'd give you my name, as it seems to be the friendly thing to do. Tell you my story, where I've been, where I'm going. Well, after the last while, none of that seems important. Instead, I want to share with you a tale of my discoveries. A tale of research lasting thousands of years, and of things that go back much, much longer. As you all know, the multiverse is a huge place. Hell, huge doesn't even do it justice. But what words does one use to describe a place infinitely large, containing an infinite number of worlds? <laughs> I suppose huge will have to do, but you get the picture. Each world in the multiverse is a beacon of life and hope shining through the darkness. But what about the spaces between? What about that darkness itself? Despite their number, we know a great deal about the worlds of the multiverse, but the darkness? Those cracks that are both something and nothing? That's a different story. You may know every inch of every room of your house, but what about the spaces between the walls? The ones that the light never reaches? And the ones that most likely your eyes have never seen? And when the light is gone and all is quiet and you hear a faint scratching or a whisper coming from the space between the walls, well, take it from me, it's never anything good. In the multiverse, there are many names for that space between. Nothing, oblivion, the void, but the one I hear the most these days is the blind eternities. I like that. The blind eternities. A space that is nothing, but is also everything. A space that is nowhere, but at the same time everywhere. 
as infinite as the multiverse itself, but also infinitely nothing. Eternities blind to light, heat, touch, love, life, well, maybe not so much the last one. You see, when you do hear that scratching coming from the walls, when you do hear that whispering from the space between, you can easily write it off as just hearing things or just your imagination. But most times, that's just because you don't want to think about what's actually there. Because the space between is just that. By definition, nothing should be there. Because it is a place of nothing. But trust me when I say there is something there. You were right the first time and as far as the multiverse is concerned. If you've heard the whispers from that dark space between, well, it might already be too late. The beings that live in the space between worlds and the dark void of the blind eternities are ancient. And I'm not talking ancient like a thousand, ten thousand, or even a hundred thousand years. Even the oldest living planeswalkers haven't lived a fraction of the time that these creatures have. They were here long before the first life in the multiverse. Long before the first planeswalker spark had been lit. And they will be here long after all of us are gone. They are old, and they are hungry. Any planeswalker traveling the multiverse for the last thousand years or so has heard rumors or tales of these creatures. In the times of mortals, they have gone by many names across many worlds, but the name they bear now is the Eldrazi. The Eldrazi, the spawn of the blind eternities, creatures born of nothing and a void of infinity and the top of the food chain in the multiverse. You see, the Eldrazi don't just feed on plants or meat or rocks or any of the other substances that various residents of the multiverse subsist on. They feed on existence itself. Which makes sense if you think about it. A creature born of nothing is in and of itself empty. And to fill that emptiness, to fill that void, well, anything will do. Now, normally this wouldn't be too much of a problem if we were talking small creatures the size of, say, humans or elves. Or hell, even an orc or a troll. But that is not the nature of the Eldrazi. Like a fish that will grow to the size of its tank, so do the Eldrazi. But how big would that fish get if its tank were the void of infinite nothing? Now, I don't want you all to hurt your brains trying to puzzle that one out, because I can tell you, very large. Large enough, in fact, to consume an entire plane. That's exactly what happens when the whispers in the space between walls become louder and louder until finally something breaks through. And when that happens, the Eldrazi descend on a plane with a destructive force so great that, well, in the end, there's nothing left. And when I say there's nothing left, I'm not talking about a carnage-strewn battlefield, mud soaked in blood and covered with the bodies of the dead. I'm talking simply nothing. Any semblance of existence on the whole plane, warped, twisted, and consumed, effectively annihilated into nothing. The Eldrazi have been called titans. They've been called gods, and well... The latter is more accurate, although, from my understanding, the nature of a god is to both create and destroy. Well, that is not the nature of the Eldrazi. 
these creatures, these ancient gods, while they know a lot about destruction, know nothing of creation. Now, as is in the nature of planeswalkers like you and I, we are prone to meddling. I have yet to meet a planeswalker who is lacking some sort of machinations or heroic mission or cause for which they were fighting. So when the planeswalkers in our corner of the multiverse first discovered the existence of the Eldrazi, they did what they did best and started meddling away. In fact, a handful of planeswalkers were able to lure three of these Eldrazi titans to a plane and imprison them. Well, for a while anyway. For the hubris of planeswalkers knows no end, and there is no greater hubris to think that some magical rocks and a few spells could contain the essence of gods older than the multiverse itself for too long. Eventually, the three titans broke free just in time for another different group of planeswalkers to arrive and meddle again, this time, according to them, killing two of the titans and driving the third away, where it was eventually imprisoned again in the moon of another plane. And there's that hubris again. Planeswalkers casting a few spells and thinking that their magic, powerful magic may it be, would be enough to kill an old god how wrong they were. You see, you don't get to be as old as the multiverse by being stupid. The Eldrazi may be a destructive force, but they're also wise. They can twist minds, bend the laws of planar physics, corrupt the very essence of inhabitants of planes to do their bidding. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, work smart, not hard. And, well, that's exactly what the Eldrazi did, warping and distorting a plane beyond recognition before sending their brood of horrors to consume it, and then nothing. You may be wondering where I come into all this. I've been following and studying these gods or monsters or whatever you want to call them since I can remember. I came from a backwater plane. Nothing particularly spectacular, just some people doing the things that people do and trying to live and be happy. I remember the day when I was young and when the boy who lived in the next house over started talking about the whispers he heard coming out of the darkness when he was about to fall asleep. How these whispers told him we all needed to prepare ourselves to be consecrated by the gods from beyond the stars. Well, soon more people started acting different, disappearing, changing. I still remember the day I was walking home from the market, alone, near dusk, and at the other end of the narrow street leading to my home appeared a figure. I recognized the man as the cleric from my local parish, but as he neared, I could see something wasn't right. His mouth was contorted into a grin that seemed too wide for his face, and his limbs seemed to be all bent in ways and at angles that didn't make sense if you stared at him too long. His eyes were wide and searching like those of a wounded and cornered animal, and I will remember the moment until the day I die when they locked on me, and he began sprinting toward me in a lumbering gait, shouting words in a language I had never heard before and brandishing a twisted dagger. A twisted dagger, already fresh with blood. 
I tried to turn and run, but I was frozen in place, and before I knew it, he was upon me, bringing the dagger down, and then nothing. Nothing but cold, impossible emptiness. At the time, I was sure I had died, or was dying, but as I learned later, I had planeswalked for the first time. I arrived on a faraway plane, lost and alone. I was very fortunate. I was found by a family who took me in, and when I told them the story of the impossible travels I'd had, and how I was sure that I had died and this was some sort of afterlife, well, they took me to see a local wise man, who would also talk about worlds beyond the stars from time to time. This man, too, I learned, was a planeswalker and he explained to me my gift and helped me learn how to use it. Now, as soon as I could, I returned home, terrified at what I would find. My terror was well-placed, for when I arrived back at my home plane, it was unrecognizable. Town I had grew up in and the surrounding lands were infested with creatures, things crawling on bladed tentacles and warping the landscape around them as they moved. There were a few people left, if you could call them people, shambling about with missing or in some cases extra limbs, chanting under their breath and carrying moist and odd-shaped parcels. Then they appeared. The three, the gods or titans or destroyers from beyond the stars, more magnificent and terrible than anything I had ever seen before. Looking at them one after the other, staring at where their eyes should be, I could feel their collective gaze, if you could call it that, turning toward me, towering above me, and the sense was maddening. Like my brain and body were trying to tear themselves apart, but it was also a familiar sensation. The sensation of being between worlds, of being in the spaces and the cracks between things, the infinite nothingness. I don't know if it was survival instinct or dumb luck, but for the second time in about a week, our planes walked away. Away from those towering ancient beings. It was a while before I got up the courage to visit home again. When I finally did, I, I tried planeswalking there, but there was nothing. Not a husk of a destroyed world, or a barren rock, or an ashy core like a log that has been in the fire too long. Nothing. No trace of the world that I had once called home. No proof that it had even ever existed. It had been taken, consumed, and blinked completely out of reality. I searched after that, seeking these ancient and terrible monstrous gods, partially out of revenge, at least in the beginning, but soon after, out of curiosity. I helplessly watched them erase countless planes, wipe out countless civilizations, standing witness to be the one to remember places that would soon no longer exist. The thing is though, in the light of day, the things that exist between the spaces are easy to see, but when they inevitably go back to the spaces, when they return to that darkness, they're nearly impossible to find nearly impossible. 
I've lost track of the number of years that I've been searching, but finally, I have found them. The space within spaces where these old and ancient gods rest. It is deep. It is dark. It is cold and it is larger than I could have ever imagined. With this discovery came a terrible realization. These so-called titans, these Eldrazi gods, terrorizing, consuming, eradicating, plane after plane, were not titans at all. They are merely harbingers created by something much, much larger and much, much older as a means to an end. Now, what that end is, I couldn't fathom to guess, but based on the work to which these homages have been set, it certainly must be ghastly. This is why I've decided to leave this message for any traveler of the multiverse who stumbles across it. You could say it serves as a warning, but a warning implies that somehow danger can be subverted. You could say it serves as a testament, to all that has been lost and all that is left to lose but when the ancient and terrible force slumbering in the blind eternities awakes there will be nothing and no one to testify to i suppose then it serves just as it is a message these ancient gods from beyond the stars are not only powerful they are inevitable and one day the planes around us will be extinguished one by one like lights in the dark and all of us those who are will join them and cease to be Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thanks again for listening. I hope you had as much fun hearing this episode as I did putting it together. Again, make sure to check out Old Gods of Appalachia, the inspiration for this episode. Uh, Their vibe is similar to what you just heard, but their show is actually written, produced, and performed by professionals. And it's an amazing podcast experience, so check it out. I'd like to thank Justin Trowbridge for letting us use his song Prairie Fire as our outro music. And I just wanted to say thanks again. We hope to see you here next week. We'll be back with a regular episode.